Many of us in this world find ourselves searching for ways to feel more alive. We move through our lives day after day, living through the same repetitive cycles and the same stressful patterns that often leave us feeling defeated, underappreciated, or unfulfilled. But what if there were a different way to perceive life? What if out there we were able to find the keys to a happy, healthy, and fulfilling reality in the lives that we're living right here, right now? For those of us who are looking for a way to transform our lives, for those of us who are looking to fully live in this moment, to change how we feel, how we perceive the world, and awaken to a better reality so we can fully live this life. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question, are you living or are you killing time? What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Live This Life podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with us on the show. I have Abigail Gazda. Abigail is the CEO of Hearts Unleashed, a full-service transformation company committed to empowering people to operate with full freedom. She is a clarity coach who supports souls speaking up about their silent struggle and unleashing the authentic leader within. She's also the host of the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where she's committed to turning dreamers into doers and helping raise the frequency of humanity with the development of emotional intelligence. And she's also an accomplished author, having published one book and has two more on the way. I'm going to also play a short clip that Abigail talks about what her struggle looked like, where she came from, and where she has ended up since some of those trying times, which is exactly what we look for on the Finding Life series of the podcast. So in this clip, we'll listen to Abigail tell us where she came from and the point of view and perspective that she has on life now and the place she's able to be at to help people reach the same point that she is. Check out this clip. I live to be validated by others or an award or a relationship. In my recovery, I have taken on meeting and accepting myself at this new stage in my life. Remnants of this pattern still exist in my growth as a woman and an entrepreneur. I still, to this day, catch myself looking outside of me for who I am and what validates my identity. In all of this trial and error, I'm coming to you today to say that I am done being anybody but who I am. Since my divorce, I have left the corporate world, moved to California, published a book, and became a full-time entrepreneur. As the truest version of me, I come to you as life coach, author, and speaker. I'm here to tell you that in order to have a life you love, you must truly choose to be yourself and create your life out of it. Finding fulfillment lies in acceptance of self. What your life looks like doesn't matter if you are not at peace within. I invite you to your inner peace. It is my job to share that who you are is more important than what you do. If you honor who you are, what you do will be a natural expression of what's in your heart. If you truly listen to what's in your heart, what to do next becomes obvious and inviting. From this, you can create a life pulled by your passions instead of pushed by fears or insecurities. So here I am, inviting you to coach with me. I'm committed to unleashing that heart of yours and empowering you to create a life you love. So here is the host of the Hearts Unleashed podcast, accomplished author and ontological coach, Abigail Gazda. Abigail, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, you're definitely one of the guests whose story, when I first read it, I'm like, this this story is absolutely perfect to have for the Live This Life podcast and the Finding mm-hmm. Life series, because it's it's definitely one of those ones where you've come from what sounds like a pretty difficult road. And, you know, you stand at this place where you're leading people and you've made a career out of out of guiding people and helping them through the hard times and everything. So um, definitely a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. It's been a road and I'm glad to be at the end of it or while at <laughs> at a nice milestone. <laughs> There's so many people who when we have these kinds of conversations, they all seem to have such similar stories. They have the difficult places they've come from and they're, you know, thankful for what they've gone through because it's helped them become the person that they're able to be to help other people out and they've sort of made a lifestyle out of taking those tough times and using them as 
the, the, you know, the life's lessons. I mean, there's, there's no college, there's no education that you can get to go to teach you the type of stuff that we have learned and when the people who've gone through that kind of stuff and taking that and transmuting it into, um, uh, you know, a career and a, and a standpoint where you can actually help other people is an amazing thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I like what you said. And I think that it kind of divides people, not in a bad way, but it separates those who are still struggling and those who are now teaching from their struggle or have turned their struggle into their strength is being able to find the gratitude in what happened that maybe didn't make sense at the time, didn't feel good at the time, but we can come to understand that this happened for a reason, find the gold, find the lesson and be able to turn around and teach it. So yeah, it, it's, it's beautiful to see when people can recover and recover well in a way that they can actually lead others. And I think it's like a total divine sort of meetup with us having this conversation now, because I feel like there's so many people who there's, I just had a conversation the other day with Alexa Hauser from the Inner Bloom podcast, um, her and uh, Ambrosia Matthews. And our conversation, we were talking about how there's a whole collective of us who has kind of gone through some of this stuff between the timeframes of like 2016 to about 2018. Just a lot of people went through this huge transformation process. And now yeah. with these difficult times that a lot of us are going through with the world that's being created by this virus and everything, there's mm -hmm. a group of people who are just kind of like, yeah, it sucks, but I'm making it through. Like it's, it's, it's a thing, but I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And then there's other people yeah. who are in just this blind panic. And I feel like those people yeah. who are sort of ahead of the game are now here to try and help the rest of the people. So. Um, yeah. I mean, it couldn't be more spot on, you know, bless 2016 through 2018, huh? Cause <laughs> I'll tell you my, my divorce happened in 2016. And that for me was my awakening moment where it's like, Oh man, like everything I had sought, visioned and planned for turned into this big black hole of a future. And so I went through that downtrodden time, that mis mysterious, like what is life? What is going to happen now? What's it going to look like? And how will I go on to then shifting and saying this again, this is for something. And also this isn't going to be the thing that defines me. So it ultimately just triggered transformation and began that journey that look inward because I'll, I'll be really straight before that. I was always looking outside of me to create my answers. And I think that that's so valuable and important right now for people who the pandemic is their awakening moment mm -hmm. and they're in their hysteria or the downtrodden time, like questioning everything. It's just as beautiful because if we look beyond, we really expand the scope to humanity, right? There's been plenty of times, but there's always someone further down the path that you're on. Mm -hmm. And there's someone always further behind on the path. And so we're all kind of walking each other home in a sense. And so I, I feel very honored. I feel honored to be one of the people at this time that gets to actually step into my leadership because I've never felt more called into my leadership than right now. <laughs> Well, the world needs you. The world needs those types of people. It needs the kind of people that are out there who are making a difference that are there to guide people because it's tough when you're going through it. I remember going yeah. through some of the hardest times, the anxieties that come from it, the sleepless nights, the, you know, yeah. what's going to happen, the what ifs, and it, it can tear you apart. And, um, you know, this network, these, these types of people that we have on the show and the types of networks that we form are people's inner circle. The inner circle that you have doesn't necessarily have to be your next door neighbor or best friend whose number you have on the phone. This is mm -hmm. part of your inner circle, you know, and that's, yeah. that's a great thing that people like you are out there. Well, it's really cool. You say that too, because, you know, we're meeting in person for the first time right now over this, this call. And yet I feel so connected to you, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's that we know that we know each other because we, I am you and you are me. And so it's really nice when you meet elevated people because you don't have to spend a lot of time doing the surf, surface level conversation about, oh, you know, you can really dive into like, what's going on with you? How are you? Are you okay? Like, how can I help you? And, and then find out how we connect as well. Mm-hmm. So before we dive in too much deeper, the question <laughs> I like to like, like the question I want to ask that I ask everybody that comes on here on the Finding Life series is what does it mean to you to what what does it mean to live your best life according to Abigail Gazda? Yeah. Uh great question and thank you. For me it's it's pretty darn simple which is authentic connection. Like 
again, not that superficial stuff. I, I want to fall asleep anymore or I just kind of cut right through it. But also for me living my heart, my heart unleashed is unleashing the hearts of others. I'm very committed that when people meet me, they leave a little bit lighter and a little bit freer. And then obviously the last piece, I live out in California. And so part of me living my best life is what I call hilarious joy which is life is literally so joyful that all you can do is laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome way to live. Unbelievable. Thanks. Awesome way to live. Thanks. Everybody could be so lucky. It would be a great world. Mm-hmm. So tell us a bit about kind of where you came from. Like where does the story sort of start for you where maybe the, the road started to get a little bit rough or maybe even before that sort of what set the tone for, some of those tough times, how you made it through that and, and, you know, where did you, how did you end up where you are now? Yeah. Thanks for asking. And also I share a lot of my background in my first book, giving up, giving up the memoir of a quitter. Mm -hmm. It is my memoir. So I share the the Rocky road, but I also share it as a self-help book to help people who are starting their transformation, right? So my story starts in good old Indiana. I'm born and raised from a little town, Whiting, Indiana, right outside of Chicago. And so I'm really a city gal. I'll joke with people like, don't piss me off. You'll meet South Chicago, Abby, and she's not as sweet. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, but but, you know, my parents were divorced at when I was two. And I know that to be much of the way that shaped how I grew up because with a single mom raising two daughters, she had to get her butt to work like 60, 70 hours a week. And that turned me into someone who really wanted her mom's attention. So she was working all the time. I became the perfect daughter, the star student, the athlete. I played collegiate basketball. And so I really tried to be perfect to the point that it turned me into a very rigid perfectionist. And so this like rule follower and and not in a, um, like in a malicious kind of way or anything, but it just, I was just so rigid. And so it helped me achieve really great things that I was really proud of throughout my life. But then when I, so I married my college sweetheart, we were together for six years. And after six months of marriage, he says, I I made a mistake. I don't want to be married. And that rocked my world because I only knew how to succeed. Mm. I only knew how to achieve. And so something that I did failed. And that wasn't cool with me. (laughs) And so it disrupted my entire identity, like as this, uh, someone who has power, right? Like, and I believe in the law of attraction. I saw the secret. My dad happened to show us the secret when we were Mm -hmm. very young. So I knew that if you believe it, you can achieve it. So I really did achieve a lot of things knowing that power, but then it didn't work anymore. And it seemed to stop working kind of everywhere in life. All of a sudden, I wasn't enjoying my job. And I, um, you know, just things didn't have as much life to them. I didn't have as much life to me because I felt very deeply, uh, like fundamentally flawed, like I had failed. And so I felt rejected and I felt unworthy. And I almost felt like I loved too hard which started the rocky road for me because then I withdrew a lot. I had a very like F it all attitude for quite some time for about 2016 to 2018 was my F it attitude. And um, the book was born out of it because I, it's, it's the memoir of a quitter. And in that book, I talk about the different quitters I had to be in order to recreate myself. So I kind of talk about the noble quitter and the subtle quitter and the enlightened quitter and the self-righteous quitter. And these different identities showed up for me in a way that I was able to let parts of me die, like the perfectionist or the athlete mentality or the hustler. And when those identities died off, I like this Abigail, this not even Abigail, like God consciousness or source or spirit started to emerge. And I started to recognize I am not my achievements. Mm-hmm. I'm not my identity even, like none of that matters. And so authentic connection did become very valuable to me. 
And that's, that's where I've come from in this sense is now that I've allowed a lot of different ego deaths to occur and they happen all the time. Mm -hmm. They still show up and I see meet new ones every time, but the more I've let go away, the more my essence, my energy, my soul gets to kind of shine and be on display. And that's where it's led me to this point. That's awesome. That, I mean, there's so much of what you said resonates because I mean, being the perfectionist is something that I had throughout so much of my life. I don't know how much of my backstory, you know, but I came from a very strict law enforcement career that I walked away from in 2018, um, yeah. which obviously doing that kind of stuff. I mean, you're expected to be yeah. on point all the time. Um, and it was pretty high level, you know, it was a lot of intense stuff and definitely being the athlete, but definitely being the hustler and always doing a bunch of different stuff. I mean, even now I'm the, a director of a department and I'm elected politician and I'm doing this podcast. Like there's yeah. just those types of people always to seem to have that going on. But the, the flaw that comes with that is that they identify too hard with some of the roles that they play. And then of course, right. when that, if those fall through, if those fall uh, you know, to the wayside, something crumbles with that foundation. Usually everything on top of that crumbles too. It's interesting yeah, to hear you say that because not a lot of, not a lot of very high performing people will admit to those kinds of things. You know, they won't admit to the, the fact that, you know, I identified a little bit too much with my roles. You know, sometimes it's okay, but you still have to be mm -hmm. true and authentic, authentic to you. So. Yeah. It's interesting you say it that way because I've even had to face like with Hearts Unleashed, right? Like I've now created this identity. Mm -hmm. What if that went away, right? Like, so really I've practiced a lot of detachment and I'd love to hand that over to anybody listening that the more detached you could become, the more flexible, the more in flow, the more adaptable, every, opportunities come your way every single day and time. So it's all available. That's mm -hmm. where abundance gets to live. Absolutely. I mean, just like what we talked about before we hit the record button today, I did some letting go in the last couple of weeks. And as you know, the last couple of weeks for me has been crazy, you know, right up to Ooh, today yeah. you and everything. So, yeah. yeah. So with your, with your efforts to start your, your podcast, you know, what inspired you to go in this direction? I mean, the, you know, the trials and tribulations are one thing, but what made you really stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to be able to be this light post for people. You know, this is, this is my calling. This is where I want to go. You know, what really inspired you to have that sort of awakening aha moment? What led you to where you are now? Yeah, I love, I love your question. So thank you. Cause they're so substantial. I don't know what the word is, but I just want to acknowledge you. But um, this goes a little bit further back than just what's what it looks like right now. I, since the ninth grade, I would tell you, I'm going to be the, the gym teacher at Whiting High School. Like I knew exactly what I was on my way to, right? Because mm -hmm. again, law of attraction, I understood. And so I did exactly that. By age 23, I was the gym teacher at Whiting High School, right? Wow. The PE and health teacher. And so I went and played college basketball, got my education degree. Like I knew the order, I knew the timeframes and just getting it. It was just a matter of doing it. But what was interesting is the vision, like the, I have this natural sense of grandeur, which again, had to detach from a bit, but I have this natural calling to impact hundreds and thousands. And I, I don't really know what it is about me that where that comes from, but it's always been there. Mm. And so I actually had the vision of being a teacher that I would impact hundreds of thousands of students. I'd be the coach. I'd be, you know, this like motherly maternal figure that people could come to and count on. So when you ask about being that like light post in the ground or that tree so deeply rooted, I really like when people can come to me and rely on me to be a guide. Mm -hmm. I've always felt that way. However, when I got to teaching, it wasn't like that, right? Mm -hmm. I was incredibly disenchanted with the public school system. I was super sad about the way it was structured and set up and the fact that we didn't get to teach as much as one would hope, right? Mm -hmm. So I leave teaching. I actually start to manage gyms and I impact people that way. But I kept feeling called, and so it continued to develop. I created a plan to open my own gym, and then I started a business, and I started this business and that business. And finally, I somewhat I was I uh, was running a gym, and I hired a gal, and she's like she comes with this resume. She comes to work the front desk, comes with this resume that has her masters. She worked for Leo Burnett's, which is a major advertising firm, and then she uh, was getting 
her degree in being a life coach or her certification for life coach. So I interview her and I'm like, what are you doing here? What's up? She's like, well, I just left my full-time job and I need a side hustle to keep my coaching business growing. So I'm like, you're, yeah, you're in. About a month in, she asks me, she says, listen, I don't make anything from this, but I would like you to come see my coaching program. She said, everything I'm being trained to say, you, you say it. Like it huh. already is in you. And so as soon as I went to observe this program, I, it, within two hours, I signed up for a year-long $15,000 program because it was like I had found the promised land. They were having a conversation I had never heard in the real world. Hmm. but i i knew it it was so deep it was so meaningful it was so important they were talking about what really mattered and so the, i mean that was like the point of no return because every action i've taken now has been how can i have like share my voice how can i share this work how can and even if i don't get to be the one how can I bring people home or to the light? Even if they end up working with someone else, how I really, it's important to me to trigger transformation, mm -hmm. to cause awakenings with people or, or show them it's available. And so the podcast is very much about that. It's for people who feel stuck in their life. Again, the, the slogan is turning dreamers into doers. Mm -hmm. And so people who think it's not possible. It's a big pipe dream. It's a wish. It's a hope and a prayer. I actually bring people into these episodes saying you can take something out of this today and start taking action on your dreams. So awesome. I mean, it's, it, that's the, that's one of the keys too, with, with me doing this podcast and some of my efforts too, with the people that I coach, there's sort of directing people to where they can find these kinds of other people, the, the network, you know, getting people into the network of, you know, I might not be the right person for you, but you, you know, you definitely, everybody can benefit from that mentorship, that coach and mm -hmm. being a part of the network and just wanting to be in it just for that purpose is where a lot of it starts off. But I mean, if you even have just that amount of leadership in you to realize you want to play that role, usually you can play that kind of role yourself, you know, so it's great that you yeah. blossomed into that, that bigger calling that you're doing now. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about your, your first book. I know you said you wrote that book in some, one of your hardest times, you know, let's yeah. dive a little deeper into that first book and, you know, what sparked that fire and, uh, yeah. and your couple of books that one's coming out in less than a month and the other one's later on this year. But um, let's talk about what, what sparked that, because that's a huge hurdle that a lot of people say they're going to do and then often <laughs> don't get there. And I can speak from truth because I said that about myself a couple of years ago and, you know, it's a few chapters in, but it's not quite taking shape. You know, what helped ignite that fire? Yeah. Moving to California was a big piece of it, right? Because after divorce, so lived in Chicago with my husband and then I moved home to Indiana for a year. And I was still in my woes. Like I was still feeling sorry for myself, still in recovery. And I had actually never gone to therapy either. So when I was, I was getting my coaching certification at the same time as I was going through divorce, life happened to work out real well at that time. Mm -hmm. And so someone recommended therapy to me and that helped me grieve. I didn't know grieving because being the hustler, being the perfectionist, you just shut that shit down. Can I say shit on here? Cause you, can. you just, <laughs> you just shut that shit down. You don't feel your feelings cause that doesn't help you achieve. Right? Like we know that. And so it's, I wasn't willing to feel my feelings before I got into the work that I'm in and now I'm all about it, but not then. So th there, there was no book. I never, I never said, oh, I hope I'll be an author one day. Mm -hmm. I moved to California after a year of being home and I got out here and I actually like stopped drinking and I, not on purpose, I just noticed it'd be days. It'd be days before, cause I was like so happy. Mm -hmm. It's so awesome. There's so much to see. Mm -hmm. And so, or I'd be at the beach and, and then I, you know, I started to um, journal actually. I have this Facebook group called Growing Gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I, I started it the day after the presidential election. I was still living in Chicago and I saw so much hate emerging that I decided 
I want to create a space on the internet where you can, you know, you can go there and all that's on that timeline is gratitude, positivity, something to look forward to and appreciate. And so I created that space and that's when the writer woke up Hmm. because every day I would just show up in that group and I would make a growing gratitude post about what I'm grateful for and why I'm grateful for my challenges. And maybe I wasn't feeling good that day, but I found gratitude in it. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really important time for me because I was harnessing my writing ability and my sharing and expression abilities. And so when I got out here, I was so elated and I was still going through a little bit of coaching and what what really set it off was I discovered this really deep insecurity that I have that I feel unlovable, Mm. right? Like I feel like I'm too much. I feel like overbearing, annoying. And so I had to really see and deal with it and think, and I told my sister, Hey, I think like I have this like feel like I think I'm pretty unlovable or obnoxious or something. She's like, laughed, literally laughed at me. And I was mad at her for laughing at me, but she's like, you are like the furthest from that. Like everybody loves you. And like, you're so lovable. You're ridiculous. And I didn't appreciate that. She wasn't understanding at the moment, but I could see why she wasn't because it's just a fear and it's my own perception. And it blocks me from getting to feel my own brilliance. And so from there, I saw my, all of my life patterns were in alignment with feeling unlovable. Mm. I did everything I could to become lovable. And so when I saw that, I also saw that pattern in other people. So I had to write about it. And that book, it fell out of me in five months. And I had a, it was published in seven months. Wow. And I, was, I wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> yep, I would not shut up about it. I was like, I'm writing a book. Anybody would listen to me for more than five minutes. I was like, yeah, there's this book coming out. It's on Thanksgiving Day and this and that. And so some guy at the gym, he's like, I love that idea. And I have a publisher. And I'd like to set you up with an interview or an op- opportunity. So that happened. So two emails and a phone call later, I even had a publisher. Wow. And it was like, yeah, it was so was law of attraction, right? Like, you yeah. know, when you know what you're going to do, it's going to happen. And so that happened. And over time, I ended up ghostwriting for other motivational speakers. So I've written other books in other people's names and I've mastered book writing. And so I run, I'd love to like, thank you for asking me, but I'd also love to hand over to anybody listening. You do have a book in you and it's not that hard to write. And the tip I'd love to give, because I, I do writing workshops, is get your table of contents on paper. Mm-hmm. Or like, you've got a word dump onto paper, because if you try to keep it in your head, it's never going to come out. Mm. But if you kind of like loosen the valve, it will come out. So that book came, the, the idea came after the whole divorce and everything, which seemed like it was a huge turning point in your life. But totally. did you, so do you had no, in, you know, you had no inklings to write a book before that time period at all? No, no, no. In fact, even as I started growing gratitude, like I was really liking it, but a coaching colleague of mine, she reached out to me. She was like, your writing is gold. Like, I, I drool over every word and I'm like, Hey, thanks. Like, <laughs> you know, it was like nice to hear. Cause I, they, you know, I write about such, um, feeling type stuff, like mm-hmm. such like in-depth stuff that I don't get a lot of comments on it. People are not like, Oh hell yeah, sister. Cause mm-hmm. they don't want to agree that they feel that way. Right. So I understand it's a very personal read for somebody to like, look at, And so to hear somebody like actually personally reach out to me and say, what you have to say is so important. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I believed it. And then writing became a little bit more serious for me. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like you finally believed in what it was you were doing, you know, you have the outward validation. I mean, that's one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned in the last couple of years was always trying to look for those outside things, you know, if I wasn't in the, in the news or you're getting interviewed for something, you know, it seemed like I was failing and you know, you have, you have to find that, that inside, no matter what the outside is, but just those, just those little, those little validations though, when someone does reach out to you and say, 
you know, what you have is the message. Like that's what hammers at home. And I know so many people that are probably listening to this too have that in them because if they're drawn to podcasts like this, this is how it starts. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're drawn to this kind of stuff because they're cut from that same cloth and eventually they branch out into writing their own book. They branch out into starting their own podcast. And if, if I ever hear the message from anybody like, Hey, your podcast made me want to start my own, or I wrote a book because of the person you had on your podcast. Like if I just hear that from one person, I'll feel accomplished. You know, it's great. The gratitude thing though is, is huge. You know, that's, that's one thing that if that we have, we have more to to talk about on that one. Um, because gratitude, (laughs) I feel like, I mean, you're, you're huge in the law of, uh, of attraction and coming up in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do an episode on all the 12 universal laws, which law of attraction is one of them. And mm. you know, that, that whole, um, speak it, uh, you know, believe it, speak it, receive it and everything, all those, all those catchphrases, they all yeah. come from somewhere. And I totally, like I say it on the podcast all the time, I geek out on like the science behind that stuff. And <laughs> I get into like the quantum physics studies of it and how, you know, vibration of the smallest particles all Mm -hmm. affect actual physical reality. And when you embody what it is, I mean, you said it even at age nine that I'm going to be this and it came to you like, yeah, it took some years, but of course you're not going to be a gym teacher at age 12. You know, it wasn't going to just come out in three years, but you know, you, you set certain things and they can come to you faster than you, than you would believe. But when you do believe Mm -hmm. that's when they show up very, very quickly. Gratitude is one of the biggest parts of that recipe too. You know, being grateful for what you have brings more of what you want. You know, when you sit there and Mm. beat that drum of, I don't have this, but I want it. I don't have this and I want it. It's not, it doesn't make it come faster. The gratitude's the part you need to bring into your life. And it sounds like you, you found that recipe kind of early on. So that's, yeah. It's valuable. You gotta It is. And I'd love to say nothing comes to an ungrateful heart. Mm. It's really important to me that people like let that one sink in because if you're missing out on the bless the already blessings, like you're not equipped to handle more blessings. Period. Uh-huh. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. <laughs> so from this point forward, I mean, with, with some of the difficult portions in your life and you go to California, I mean, what has that, I mean, it's only been a short time. It seems like you've had this, I mean, 2016 doesn't seem like it was that long ago. I mean, we're now approaching four years ago, but still, um, you know, that was the, that was sort of the the dark night of the soul for you. You know, a lot of people go through that and, you know, only three to four years later being at the, the point that you're at now, the, the high the high viewing point, the plateau, the the mountaintop, you know, like it's, it's a great place to see yourself at. What do you see yourself sort of heading off to in the next thing? What man, what things are manifesting for Abigail going forward? Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for asking. And you know, it's, uh, it's interesting cause I would call it a plateau for sure. Or like a, I call it an, a cliff edge, yeah. right? Cause there's all that mountaintop is never there. It's never mm-hmm. really there. Or you get to one and you only see 10 more. Yeah. And so it's just very natural, but, um, yeah, I love where I'm at right now. I'm, I get to kind of bask in what I have created. And for people who are just starting out, I'd love to give my favorite tip, which is just keep showing up, right? There are plenty of times over the last four years that it felt dark too, or it felt like no one was listening or no one's, I'm not reaching anyone, right? Like sometimes it's nice to get that validation, but to just keep showing up for what you are committed to and what you can see in your mind's eye, it is only a matter of time. And so for me personally, there is this small part of me that would love to get to say I'm a New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. I just can't, it's just in there. I can't get it out until that day. So um, there's that piece, but yeah, just making an impact. And I mentioned the grandeur that I was, that I have and had, and I've begun to detach myself from that because I really realized I enjoy a simple life. Mm-hmm. There's always that human part where you'd like to have the nice car, the nice house, the relationship, because there's a part of me that loved to get married and have children. And I'm 30 at this point. And so there are days where I really wonder how and when and will, will that happen, right? So there's things that I imagine for my personal and my professional life. And, but the real thing is I get to enjoy the way it's going. Mm-hmm. And the more that I do that, 
the more blessings like a chance to have a new, new podcast episode or a new book comes out, right? Because I was writing the book that is coming out on Thanksgiving Day, which is called I Can't, The Greatest mm-hmm. Lie in Human History, which I'm super excited about. <laughs> well, I was writing that book and this other book needed to come through because I was kind of having some writer's block about this I can't book. And I was like trying to get it out, but I could feel it was very forced. So I took my hands off the wheel. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take a couple of days break. Well, some of the journal entries that I've had in my personal spiritual journey really were speaking to me as, as a book. And I knew that, but I prioritized the I can't book first. Well, this one that'll be out on thanks or um, on May 1st is called Talking to the Trees. Mm-hmm. And it, the secret story, the secret title is The Adventures of Abigail, right? So it's my spiritual journey over the last four years. But it's the story of Madeline who takes an adventure from Chicago to Portland and then down the California coast. And she is staying at different spots in nature and having this very mystical, spiritual experience with nature, literally talking to the trees, talking to the ocean, hearing messages from the mountains. And so it's this beautiful experience that we all have, or many people have either already had, or it's very available our connection to mama earth is so important and I really wanted to take an opportunity to share and write about it. And so, you know, what I see as my future is all these books coming out. I imagine having five or six or seven books. I already have titles and plots and stories. And so (laughs) that's a huge part of my future. The podcast is a huge part of my future and just offering transformation in every way that I know how. Awesome. It's great to know. It's, it's great to, set your dial and set your course to where you want to go. But it's, it's, it's great to have these conversations with people because then when you check back in with them sometime down the road, because usually you go parallel yeah. with people <laughs> like this, it's like, it's great yes. to hear what people's hopes are and then you watch them accomplish it. And it's, it's such an awesome thing to watch other people get to those places. You know, you're not so much in competition either, but you're motivated. You're like, you know, they've got the recipe. That's where I want to be. This is what I want to do. So Excited to see what you're going to accomplish coming up. It's uh, it's it's really exciting to see people who, I know you're not just just starting out, but you're still at the you know beginnings of. And I have a feeling totally. with the energy that you have and the things that you've gotten, the message that you have. I don't know. I think your uh, your your wish is to stay sort of under the radar and have a normal life. You might not you might not be able to maintain that that low level <laughs> for too too long, but. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And dare I ask if it's okay, can I turn the mic and say what what's on your agenda? What's your plans? <sighs> to not have so much on my plate all the time because the the last few years for me has it, it has been a, whirl, a whirlwind, you know, it's um even this podcast. This was this was on a whim. You know, my, my one of my mentors um her, you know, he's he's nurtured me along the way. And one of the biggest messages he delivered to me because I was stuck in that law enforcement career, I had cancer a couple of times in my twenties. My, like I said, my mentor was just let go, let go of where you want to be, where you feel like you're trapped and everything will fall into place. And that was only in late 2018. So, you know, that seems like it was yesterday to me. So to look at where I am now, and he just said, well, you should start a podcast. You have a great story. And here I am now. I mean, we're only 20 something late, late twenties, as far as episodes go. But the followers, I, I was going to do this like two or three episodes just as a project. Um, mm-hmm. And here it is with the sponsorships that are coming up and the guests like you that are coming on and the followers, the, you know, 40 something countries. I think we have followers in now with listeners right. and everything. I don't know. I have no idea where it's going to go. I just know mm-hmm. that every it's, it's basically week to week and month to month. I have some short term goal, goals, but um, wherever it goes, I know that's the divine place. It's, you know, I, I take the inspired actions that my biggest pieces of advice is, you know, slow down, listen to the signs, you know, just kind of enjoy the process and take inspired action, but let go, you know, don't, Amen. don't force things too much. And when the, when the actions, when you're inspired to take some action, you take that action, you'll be surprised wh- where those little roads branch off onto. So, um, yeah. um, if anything, even close to what's transpired in the past year and a half happens to me a year and a half from now, I know it's gonna be an awesome place. So <laughs> as long as the pace <laughs> kind of stay, pace can slow down and I'll still be happy. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, coming from two hustlers, that's for sure. Two achievers and doers is like the message, slow down, 
and take the inspired action because action alone isn't super productive, right? Mm -hmm. Like inspired action makes all the difference and it's right in the vortex. (laughs) It does. It gets you in the fast track to places that you would never, I mean, the, the universe that created you, me, the planet we're standing on and everything else around it, it knows how to work things out in the most greatest orderly divine fashion, which to you might look like the most disorderly chaotic thing in the world. But it knows how to <laughs> yes. do it. You, you don't know better than how the universe wants to work it out for you. So that's that's the solace that I've Amen. had in the last few years. So it's and all the people who are going through some really tough times with the pandemic and stuff. Who knows? Maybe you were hustling too hard. Maybe this is your being forced into a box to figure out who you were a little bit more. That forced break mm-hmm. so that you can, it, you know, kind of like the arrow. I, I can make that comparison a lot. Like it's the arrow being pulled back, and what happens after it gets pulled back all the way? It flings forward, you know, fifty times faster. Um, yep. So that yep. could be that point for some people too. Just got to take it day by day. That's right. I love it. Great tips. So let's talk a little bit because I know in your YouTube video, um, you had the term an ontological coach. I'd never heard that one before. I actually had to look it up, but why don't you explain to everybody what that actually means? Thank you for asking that. I love that. Uh, Ontological. So ontology is the study of the nature of being. So it's based on how and who we're being versus what we are or doing. So it's exactly what we were just talking about, being doers, right? You know, ontological coach, I really have people look at their energy, their frequency, their attitude, their approach. Because let's say two people can buy my same coaching program, but if one buys it from a defeated attitude and the other one buys it from a determined and victorious attitude, they are certainly going to produce different results, right? Now, as a coach, I'm not going to let them graduate my program from a defeated attitude, but let's use like a fitness regimen, right? Or a diet. If you buy the same diet program as the next person and one is determined and victorious in their mindset, they're going to produce incredible results. But if someone buys it skeptical and defeated, they're going to prove themselves right. You're always, you always find what you're looking for. And so the ontologic, an ontological coach is someone who dives way deeper than what you're saying and what you're doing. We listen behind what you're saying. We listen for the energy. We listen for your limiting beliefs and your self-sabotaging ways. And all we do, like for me, what I'm committed to being is like when I'm coach, Abigail goes away and I am just a, a mirror, a reflection. Hey, I heard you say that. What did you mean by that? What do you think you should be doing right now? What do you actually want? Who do you mm. think you are? You know, so I don't have anyone's answers. I have a lot of questions that is going to dig their answers out of them. And so that's, I take a lot of pride in my profession and, and the way that I approach it. That's an awesome way to approach it. I mean, a lot of people want the answers given to them by somebody else. You know, that's why they'll hire a coach. They'll want to, they'll hire a coach to tell them, you know, it's going to be all right and pat them on the back. And a lot of the time it's not it. There's the layers of the onion that need to be peeled back. So it's awesome to hear you take that kind of an approach. I've never actually heard of that term before. And I've talked with a lot of people (laughs) who are coaches and, and looked into the whole coaching regimes, like a different disciplines that you can get into of what you're going to do to coach people out of certain things. Um, so that's a very unique one. I like that. It's a, that's something I have to look into a little bit more, but, um, it's so valuable. One other thing you spoke to it and I think it's so important because I really detour people from hiring a coach if they're not in the right mindset. Mm -hmm. If you're hiring a coach to be told what to do, it is a waste of money. Mm -hmm. Like, right we don't have your answers. I know I said that, but what there is for someone to look at is their relationship to authority and the fact that they're not their own authority in their own life. They're still going and paying people to be the authority in their life. And they're always going to find themselves disappointed with the results that they produce from any of those programs. Mm. There's a difference between a coach and a consultant. Mm Mm-hmm. 
If you want a business coach, you're looking for a business consultant who's going to tell you what to do. But if you're looking for a coach, you're looking for someone to walk over and bridge the gap with you, not for you. And so Mm. a coach is meant to guide and support, but not do. So true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, so I just want to tell everybody, don't be buying quick fixes and shortcuts. Please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's one thing I I mentioned in one of the recent episodes was about like the law of attraction, how they'll try to sell you stuff. Even that movie, The Secret doesn't have everything. It doesn't have it all. It leaves out the the vital portions of it that you really have to embody what it is. You know, you're not going to get, I feel like it's like a hidden law of karma. I've, I've kind of started to describe it to people that way because this podcast has seemed to go out there to a lot of people who are sort of beginners in a lot of this stuff. And they'll be like, law of attraction, what is that? And they'd be like, wow, you really haven't heard of that before. And when you describe it in the way that it's like a law of karma, it it gets a little bit more in depth and interesting because it's kind of like the the premise that you get back what you put out, whatever you are that you're broadcasting is what comes back to you. And I mean, that describes karma to me. I mean, that it seems like that's what karma is. Yep. I also call it the boomerang brigade (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. or like that. The universe is a giant mirrored room, right? Mm -hmm. That which you put out, you get back. And so it's, I mean, it couldn't be said simpler. So really great perspective. I have some pretty exciting news to share with you all. The Live This Life podcast has partnered with Adidas. That's right. The world-renowned fitness equipment and apparel icon has partnered with the podcast to bring you a free premium membership to their Adidas training app to use during the quarantine period. I know how difficult these times can be with finances and not being able to maintain a fitness routine. So I thought this partnership was perfect. This program is one that I've personally used for several years now, and I'm so satisfied with what it's done for me. You can customize your workouts based on your fitness goals, body parts, or even has parts of the app that you can focus on your diet and flexibility. All of the things that I've had to pay for, you get for free for 90 days. Head to livethislife.org to find out more and click on the Adidas logo on our homepage from any mobile device to get your free download and membership. So on that subject, and one of the things that we had, we had discussed going back and forth before the episode was, what are your philosophies on consciousness and spirituality and creating your own reality? Because we're kind of already going down that hole a little bit already. But, um, you know, what, what are some of your, your thoughts on some of those things about the whole, uh, you know, believe it to see it and, um, you know, mm-hmm. our consciousness creating our reality and everything? All right. Can I go deep on them? Absolutely. <laughs> as deep as you can possibly go. Yeah. Well, you know. This is my uh, my spiritual journey. Really, uh, I want to say took took caught momentum in 2019, but it definitely was cracked open in 2016 around divorce. And when I was going through my certification program, we had we had different themed weekends for our coaching, and one was religion and spirituality. And they asked us to def- define God, and I got literally pissed off. I was like, this is stupid. What are we here for? Right? Like I was so triggered and I didn't understand why, but what I came to understand and what I actually write about in the first book too, the subtle quitter, subtly quit religion. Mm. I am spiritual, but I, I was raised Catholic. So I, for so long until 2019, I believed God to be the big white haired man in the sky, right? Mm -hmm. Watching down and judging our moves and it to the point where like, the idea of getting to heaven didn't even seem that exciting because when you die, you just what show up for like to be judged at admission, right? Like, Oh, Mm -hmm. what about that sin? What about that one? Right? Like, so I had no (laughs) relationship with God. And in fact, not only did I have no relationship with him, I had a lot of grudges against him. Mm -hmm. How could you, why would you, what was that for? You know, like, so I had a lot a bone to pick with him (laughs) and, um, I also, I, one last piece of the, the outdated belief system that I held on to was that God uh, had wrath, that he was an angry God or a, a judgmental God. Mm-hmm. And I'm working, I've been working with a coach for, two, I've actually worked with two coaches since my journey of growing spiritually and I've recreated that relationship. So I lean towards the universe for mm-hmm. a long time. 
right? Universe, karma, source, vortex, which I'm all about it. I like, I believe that they're all, I call them all the boomerang brigade Mm -hmm. because you could pick any one. They're all the same. And that includes, for me, that includes guardian angels and ancestors and spirit guides. And that ultimately they are all omnipresent and benevolent. So completely surrounding and completely good. And that shifted something for me. It also took a while to drop my old conditioning, thinking I'm being punished, thinking I'm being denied success or abundance. So I had to let go of some of that stuff and believe. I had to literally constantly return to a belief that God is good and God, I'm protected, I'm cared for, and I'm guided. And so the book that I'm sharing, Talking to the Trees, is actually that experience of coming home to God and believing that I'm constantly guided and protected and cared for and provided for. And so my in, in my spiritual life, yes, I'll use universe. Yes, I'll say God. Yes, I'll say guardian angel. But I had this moment in San Clemente at the beach one day where I'm sitting at a little campfire and I like looked up at the water and I'm like, I can feel the presence of God when I talk to the ocean. And I can feel the presence of God when I look at this fire. So if the fire is God and the ocean is God and that tree is God and then like that, that pier is God, like ev- God is in everything. So God is in me. So I am God. Like this, it just it was just like the stream of one thought after the other. And I'm I thought, wow, because if I'm constantly putting in orders with God, God, can I please have this? Can you please make this happen for me? I'm asking something outside of me to provide for me when in fact I'm making that request of myself. Can I show up for myself? Can I take the next right step, the next inspired action to go exactly where I feel guided and led? And my spirituality has just grown from this because I feel connected to everything. Mm. Nothing is separate from me, even people that trigger me, right? Like that's our probably the best example I like to provide. When you're staring at someone that you feel in such opposition with and you can drop your defense and realize they are they are a shadow of representation and reflection of you that you refuse to look at, you can find a relationship mm-hmm. and you can connect and you can relate in a way that closes the gap and really realize nothing is separate from you. And you want to talk about law of attraction, Heath. When you know you're connected to everything, you can reach out for anything. Mm-hmm. And pull it in energetically and say, I'm ready. I'm willing to receive it. So you can talk to God, but ultimately it's this conversation that with universal intelligence that is all knowing and all good. If I, had to, if, if I had to pick like the, the top five minutes that I've ever had since starting this, that was like the, <laughs> I'm literally sitting here just staring at the screen on the Zoom call right now, just listening to this story about you describing it. And I'm just kind of like, wow, this is awesome stuff. Thanks. Absolutely awesome. You know, the, you the, the G word is what always often got me because the, the dichotomy that they that you kind of get instilled with about what God is supposed to be is often the biggest disconnect that I think most people get because you never seem to live up to the expectation. You're always chasing something. You're always trying to be something that you're not. You know, you're always trying to make up for your mistakes. You're always worrying about being judged. And, you know, I I really don't like using the word God because it, it, it represents religion in a lot of the ways. And I don't want to insult anybody who does have very strict religious beliefs because your relationship with source, God, universe, whatever it is, is all personal to you. I just know that mine, just like you has evolved so much, especially in the last few years when you, you kind of realize that a lot of different religions, they all seem to have a little portion, right? I always say like when I, when I tried to turn towards spirituality and religion, I, I looked into all the major ones and it seemed like they all got a little piece right. But then a lot of them, like, you know, 80% of it was like, I don't agree with this or I don't like this part. But when yeah. you when you turn inward to see what it means to you, 
is when you seem to figure out the most of it. When you're always looking mm-hmm. outward and waiting for someone else to tell you what that relationship is like, you don't ever really seem to find it. I don't know. Yeah. I heard this quote that really shifted it for me too was you can know about God or you can know him. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, religions try to tell us and teach us how to know about God. So we do a lot of talking about him. We don't know him, but there's that listening within and connecting to nature that provides us a chance to make a direct connection. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm hoping comes out of this whole time that we're going through right now. Cause so many people are finding time to listen to stuff like this, or they're going out in nature. They're doing things that that busy life that we all live wasn't allowing yes. people to, to find. And I feel like yes. this could be just this, this renaissance of spiritual awakening with a lot of people because of the times that they're going through. Often you have this major rebuilding process when you're left in the ashes and a lot of people, I feel like if they're going to go, if they're not already going through tough times, they're going to go through a lot of financial hard times after this is over. Um, and yeah. for most people, I hope it passes quickly and everything, but through it all, it builds something that you can never imagine you would turn into down the road. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's always, as long as you open up your heart, it's all available. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Abigail, this has been an awesome, awesome talk. Um, I could do this yeah. for hours, honestly. Um, I'm so excited <laughs> that we've we've crossed paths and everything, and I'm sure this won't be the uh, the one and only time that we talk because um, you know this conversation has just been so awesome. I can definitely, you know, we could pick this up right where we left off on part two of a conversation sometime. So, I think I'm going to formally invite you on your podcast onto the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We'll have part two on the Hearts Unleashed podcast. There we go. That's a good segue into it. So if you want to catch part two, let's head that way. (laughs) (laughs) So to, to reach that point, where can people find you, follow you and hear more uh, about you and definitely talk about the upcoming two books that you have coming out for 2020. Yeah, thank you. So I'm very available. I'm most active on Instagram because I like IG stories. So Instagale and then so Insta and then G-A-I-L or my name Abigail Gazda on Facebook. And then my website is abigailgazda.com. You could also visit heartsunleashed.com. I have all the podcast information. Of course, we're on iTunes and Spotify and all the all the places, but you can um, get the breakdown on heartsunleashed.com. Awesome. And book number one that came out a couple of years ago. When did that one come out? Yeah, uh, November of 17. Okay. And that one was called Giving Up, Giving Up, The Memoir of a Quitter. Mm-hmm. And you have book number two coming out on May 1st, correct? Yes, May 1st. It's going to be an ebook, especially because we're all at home right now, printing this, that, and the other, is that it's going to be an ebook. So it'll be seven bucks on Amazon on May 1st. I would really love for everyone to go grab it. You know, I don't know if this will come out before then, after, but either way, it'll be on Amazon. And then same thing with the book that comes out on Thanksgiving Day this year, which is called I Can't, The Greatest Lie in Human History. We will make sure this episode comes out before May 1st so that we can make sure people get the word out and we oh, can, I appreciate that. we can get yeah. as most eyes and ears on all of this That's good so stuff true. that comes out of hearts unleashed as possible. Thank so, you. And then real quick, before we wrap up, tell people a little bit about your quarantine toolkit that you have that, uh, <gasps> that people might be interested in. Yeah, I think it's great. So it's, it, there's a lot of free resources and I put my 997 digital course on sale for $97 because this is such an awakening time. I am way more committed to people being guided through this time than me making a book. And so I have a free 17 page guide on, it's like a self-study guide about enlightenment, about awakening. And my eight pillars of empowerment are the eight pillars that if all of those are strong, you will be standing on a solid foundation to be living consistently empowered. And so there's that free 17-page guide. There is a free eight-episode ser- eight series on the Hearts Unleashed podcast, which I directly link them to in the toolkit. And there's this eight-module digital course that you can go through the eight pillars of empowerment, get direct coaching. And um, there are journal prompts in the course that really start to open you up I believe since people are sitting at home, they may be stewing in a lot of anxiety and worry thoughts. This is a really powerful way to redirect and transmute your energy and back into love. Awesome. Such good stuff. 
excited to see more of this and have another part of our conversation on your podcast at some point too. So um, please be, please have your eyes and ears sharpened and tuned in for whenever those come out (laughs) and definitely check out all of Abigail's stuff. um, Because I mean, I've been following her for a little while now and some of the stuff that comes out of Hearts Unleashed and everything is it just leaves your day feeling a little bit more enlightened and, and high vibe. I mean, definitely in this time, I think people can value so much of trying to get something that um, lightens their day up, you know, especially right mm-hmm. now. So definitely a great totally. place to do it. And it's been a great honor having you on here and connecting with you. Um, and I will have all of these details in the show notes as well. So please check those things out. Thank you. Thank you guys. And if you have an interesting or inspiring story that you would like to share, hit me up. Maybe we can get you on an episode of the podcast. You can reach me at connect at livethislife.org. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T at livethislife.org. Until next time, keep finding life, keep living. Thank you so much for listening.